Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Investment Friday here on the Expansive CEO Podcast. I am your host, Hannah Chapman, and I am the founder of X Squared Wealth Planning and also the founder of Expansive CEO. I am also a certified financial planner, a CFP, an accredited portfolio management advisor, APMA, and a chartered retirement planning counselor or CRPC. And Today, I'm going solo on Investment Friday. Brad's not feeling well today. I'm usually joined by uh, Brad Haynes, the Chief Investment Officer of Juncture Wealth Strategies, but he's not feeling good. So we're all going to send all of our good vibes to Brad so he can start feeling better fast and join us again next week. This week, what I would love to talk about, uh, since I'm here on my own and I'm the I'm the CFP in the equation uh, between Brad and I, and I want to talk about a financial planning topic because that's my wheelhouse and and the piece that I love, and I want to specifically talk about the power of Roth. That's R O T H, the power of Roth. So when we look at retirement assets the different kinds of assets you can have in retirement. There are different tax implications for different kinds of assets. So with a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k um, or a SEP IRA, SEP IRA, or a simple IRA, any of these types of accounts, those are called tax, they are, they are taxable assets. That means they are, uh, when you take money out in retirement, you will pay regular income taxes on those assets. They are saved into on a tax deferred basis. So when you save into a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k or a SEP IRA or a simple IRA, you get a tax deduction immediately for the amount that you put in to that account. But when you take it out, you pay taxes at that time. So it's tax deferred. Roth assets, on the other hand, are very different in how they are treated on the front side and the back side. So you can have a Roth IRA. You can also now have a Roth 401k. And as of this year, or because of the SECURE Act 2.0 in 2023, actually, um, a new type of account was created that's a Roth SEP IRA. So we now have these several options for Roth accounts. What's different about a Roth? So a Roth, if you're not familiar with that term, means you pay taxes on the money that you put in. So you're not getting a tax deferral up front. But what happens with that Roth asset is that it grows tax deferred. And when you go to take it out in retirement, you never pay taxes on that money, on all of the growth. So every cent of growth inside of a Roth, whether that's a 401k or an IRA, all of the growth comes out tax free. This is huge. And I'm actually going to share a case study 
with you on this episode um, because the the actual impact of this is mind blowing when it's at a greater scale. And we actually we have the ability to harness this if we know how to um, structure our savings. And if you have the information ahead of time to know if this is the right option for you. So um, just to be super clear, uh, you will have to talk to your own financial advisor um, or CPA um, to talk about you know, what's right from a tax strategy for your situation um, and also what you are eligible to contribute to. There are some income rules and limits for all of these accounts. So I want to make sure that this is not a blanket um, recommendation for everyone to just go, you know, fund a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k um, because there are some important stipulations to make sure that you're, you're following all the rules um, so that you can reap all of the rewards on the other side. Um, so that caveat aside, talk to your financial advisor. Um, and if you don't have a financial advisor and you would love to, you know, talk to me, I would be happy to, um, to talk with you. So don't hesitate to reach out. Um, but beyond that, let's get started. So I've done a few uh, financial plans recently for people uh, where this made such a big difference to their overall their overall tax uh, payments over their lifetime. And I was actually shocked at what a big difference it made when we shifted from traditional IRA assets over to Roth assets. Now, two of the the main differences, um, I mentioned one of them briefly, but we're going to talk about it a little more deeply now. With, between traditional IRA or 401k and Roth IRA or 401k is the deductibility on the front side and then the taxability, if that's a word, on the back side. So with traditional assets, right, you know, that's your regular, quote unquote, regular IRA or regular 401k, you get a tax deduction up front for anything that you put into the account. So if we use super round numbers, if you uh, contribute, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have $100,000 of income and you contribute $20,000 to a traditional 401k, you then reduce your taxable income to $80,000. Instead of paying taxes on $100,000, you now are paying taxes on $80,000. That can you know make a pretty big difference um, for some people. As that $20,000 sits inside of the 401k, we'll assume you invested it for the future. 30 years down the road, let's say that that has you know, doubled and doubled and doubled again. Now you have $300,000 in your 401k. When you go to take that money out, you will then pay regular income taxes on that amount. So you've had, so you put $20,000 in over the past 30 years, it grew to 300,000 and it's had $280,000 of growth. I am completely making up these numbers just uh, so you know. <laughs> this is all completely made up. Um, but 
the principle applies. So you've had $280,000 of growth inside of that account. You are going to take money out of that traditional 401k. And let's say you take 20,000 back out. You're now going to pay taxes at your current tax rate on that money. So whatever tax rates are 30 years down the road, that's that's how much tax you're going to pay on that $20,000. And the other stipulation here is that with traditional 401k or traditional IRA assets, you also are required to start taking money out at some point. And this just changed. So um, the it's it used to be age 72. Uh, that once you hit age 72, you are required to start taking distributions out of your traditional IRA. Uh, and it just shifted this year, starting in 2023, to age 73. So, um, you know, if you're younger than that right now, just know that the new RMD age is 73 years old. But if you are saving a lot and this is going to go into the case study that I wanted to share with you. Um, you will actually have a very high RMD or required minimum distribution that you'll have to take out of your account once you reach that that age. And I'll go over the numbers um, for this case study a little bit later. But just know that that's that's a piece of why this matters the the fact that you will be forced to take money out. When we look at the Roth by comparison, so Roth 401k, Roth IRA, um, and the newly created Roth SEP IRA, instead of being taxed on the front side, excuse me, instead of being tax deferred on the front side, you are paying taxes on that money on the front side. So we have that same $100,000 of income. Let's say you put $20,000 into your Roth 401k. You're still going to pay taxes on $100,000 of income. You don't get a deduction for that amount. So you are paying more taxes today, right now. You're not getting that tax deduction. But let's say this again, the same thing applies. That $20,000 over 30 years grows to $300,000 and you have $280,000 of growth inside of that account. Now remember, in today's dollars, you did pay taxes on that $20,000 contribution. But 30 years down the road, you can now take any amount out of that Roth 401k and you do not pay taxes on any of it. So that $280,000 of growth is tax-free. When you take it out of the account, it's fully tax-free because you pay taxes on the front side. That is the main benefit of any of the Roth types, is that you are betting that your tax bracket will be higher later in life. And so when you go you know, even though you're paying taxes now, you're assuming that, okay, I'm going to be in a higher tax bracket or taxes in general are going to be higher, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. And so that Roth benefit of being able to take tax-free income is going to be much more um, beneficial to me. You know, that tax-free treatment later is going to be more beneficial than 
taking the tax deduction today. So I illuminated that piece because there, there can be disagreement, maybe, um, we can use that term, between financial planners and CPAs um, at times because these Roth conversations um, mean that you know, you're going to pay more money in taxes today. And for a lot of CPAs, their goal is for you to pay lower taxes, right? They want to figure out the ways um, morally, legally, ethically, all of those, um, all the ways for you to pay lower taxes in today's dollars. So when we come to a CPA and say, hey, if they do a Roth contribution instead, or if they do a Roth conversion, take money out of the traditional and put it into the Roth, they're going to pay more taxes right now but we think it's going to be beneficial in the future. The CPA is saying, you know, it's kind of like you can have a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? That kind of thing. Um, I know they're going to get a tax benefit right now if they do the traditional contribution instead. And it's possible that it could be better in the future with the Roth, but I don't know that for sure. So I'm going to stick with the, you know, tried and true you're going to get a tax deduction um, recommendation with the traditional IRA. So there is there you can get that pushback um, from CPAs or, or tax planners uh, at times because you know there's a lot that a lot of foresight that goes into it, and that's not that's not what they are trained to do. They are trained to help you lower your taxes for the most part. So that said. When I am looking at the plan, I am looking at a much more holistic picture of what finances could look like in the future. And I want to talk about this case study now. I had uh, new clients come to me this last year and um, 50 years old, and they have just over $2.2 million in qualified retirement assets. So that's traditional IRAs, SEP IRAs, um, and 401k, right? So it's all those those types and it's all traditional. It's all the type that when they reach age 73, they're going to have to start taking distributions out of that account. So looking at that, when we were doing their um, their projections, it was showing that at the rate that their portfolio has been growing, and if we just average that out into the future, not a not a crazy um, crazy high investment interest rate, uh, rate of return, they're going to have that two point two million dollars is going to turn into eight to ten million dollars by the time they're seventy three. And when we see that, we're looking that at uh, required minimum distributions that would be in the near million dollar range is what it turned out into over time. It started out as like $750,000 a year and $800,000 a year that they are going to be required to take out of the account. Why is that an issue, right? So you might be thinking like, my God, that's a lot of money to have um, in traditional IRAs at age 50. 
yes, they've done a fabulous job of saving. And so that, you know, that is where they're at right now. And at the same time, they don't spend $750,000 a year. They spend, you know, anywhere from $180,000 to $200,000 a year. So if they had to then take out $750,000 from their IRA, they have to then pay taxes on that money. They have to pay taxes on the whole balance. And right now, that puts you in the highest tax bracket possible. So they'd be paying, you know, close to, you know, 39, well, 39 plus percent in federal taxes. Plus, you know, they would be paying state taxes on that full amount as well. What that looks like over the course of a plan. So when I project out a plan, I'm projecting over um, usually to age 95 or age 100, just to be conservative. I like to make sure that I'm really like um, helping people see what happens if you live a long life. We want to make sure that we're planning for, you know, a long time um, that you'll be able to support yourself and, and live the lifestyle that you want to live and all of that. So over the course of that lifetime through age 100 for both of them, their assets continue to grow. They continue to have to take required minimum, minimum distributions out of the IRAs and the cumulative taxes. So the taxes that they end up paying over their lifetime from age 50 to age 100 is over $27.5 million in taxes over $27.5 million just in taxes. Just, that's that's just taxes. And so they're clearly in the highest tax bracket for most of their life. Now you might say, okay, most people aren't going to live to age 100 or even age 95. Um, and that's true. But right now the social security um, average age for men and for women is right around age 83 and 84. And so that's average. That's what they are what they are uh, forecasting, right? For people who are age fifty right now, they say it's highly likely that you'll live to age eighty three or eighty four. And with that, when we look at your family history, um, let's say you have parents or grandparents who have also lived, or aunts and uncles who have lived a long life. You know, we want to just make sure that we are looking at that. But regardless, even if these this particular couple, if they were to pass away at 85, they would still be paying somewhere in the 17 to $18 million range in taxes cumulatively over their lifetime. So what are we going to do about that, right? Because the money is already in the traditional assets. With this particular couple, what we're looking at and the recommendation um that we, we talked about a little bit was what happens if you take money out of your traditional IRAs each year and convert it into your Roth IRAs. And so we looked at lots of different options for this. And what it ended up looking like was that, you know, if they do any sort of strategy that gets the majority of those traditional IRA assets converted into their Roth IRAs, their cumulative tax 
again, from age 50 to 100 over their lifetimes would drop down to $3.2 million. That's $24.3 million less in taxes paid over their lifetime just by doing this conversion strategy to get money into the Roth IRAs where they grow tax-free for the rest of their lives. So I don't know about you, but that was such a huge shift. I was I was floored by how big of a difference that made um, for you know someone who has you know two point two million dollars in traditional IRA assets right now. So if you have more than that, um, your tax situation is going to be it's going to be even more magnified um, over time. So the other aspect here is that when the assets are growing tax free over the lifetime of these accounts the total portfolio asset looks like so all the way again all the way to age 100 in the first scenario where everything's in traditional ira assets they're passing away at age 100 with just over 121 million dollars of assets in the second scenario where we've done Roth conversions and we've gotten everything out of the traditional IRAs into Roth IRAs, the total portfolio assets left is 173.5 million. So that's $52 million more without changing anything else at all. The only change is shifting from traditional to Roth. And this that like that aspect so you're so you're paying 24 million dollars less in taxes and you're ending up with 52 million dollars more in your total portfolio at death now why you know these are these are such big numbers and we're talking about um you know i mean we're talking about a lot of money here what is that what does it matter you know 52 million dollars when you've already got 100 and what did i say 121 million um why why would you want 173 and a half million instead well i would say that what you can do with that additional 52 million dollars is immeasurable right because it's it's not even just at the end of life they're likely going to have a large portfolio at the end of their life but that means all along the way, there is constantly, right? Their portfolio has grown more and it's growing faster. They always have more opportunity throughout their entire life to give back more. This couple is very, very philanthropic. And it, that's a big part of their heart is to, you know, support causes that really matter to them. And so seeing those extra dollars is like, oh, that's $52 million more that can go to all of these places that I care about. And even if it's not left at the very end, that's money that you can use over your lifetime to support the causes that matter to you, to uh, live the life, right, that you want to live, to travel to the places that you want to travel to, all of those things um, that matter, to leave, you know, leave money to your family in the way that you want to. All of those things are are valid and they are 
important to think about when we were doing this kind of planning. And it's a significant, such a significant shift. Um, and at the very end of it, right, those are Roth IRA assets. Most of that $173 million, a really, really significant portion of that is Roth IRA assets, which, you know, when passed down also, right, it's tax-free um, to the beneficiaries. So this is just like, it, it's a win on so many levels and it's amazing. So those were the numbers that we got to play with. And what does that mean in the interim? Because, you know, it's not, you don't get to do that for free. It's not like, oh, well, let's just, you know, take money out of the traditional IRAs then and put it all in Roth IRA. You do have to pay taxes on any conversion. And so that's the, that's the calculation that you have to decipher what's going to work for you. Because when you take money out of your traditional IRA, you are allowed to convert over to your Roth IRA, but you have to pay taxes on that money. So let's say in, in this case, uh, we have, again, that around $2.2 million in traditional IRA assets. One of the recommendations was, starting in a couple of years, consider converting $100,000 from each person's traditional IRA to their Roth IRA. And so that's $200,000 total per year. So what we're doing is we're adding $200,000 per year to their taxable income. And that's a significant amount. It's not to say that you're going to like, you know, you're not going to notice the taxes on $200,000. Okay, so what it does is it does increase their taxable income to the point where they have to pay roughly $50,000, $60,000 more in taxes upfront. If that's something that is easy for you to absorb, which again, they, they can do that. They can pay the taxes from a different account um, or they could pay the taxes from income. If you can do that and convert the entire, you know, $200,000 into the Roth IRA where it can grow, that's where you get the most, we'll say, bang for your buck um, with this strategy. So if that, you know, if you don't have the means to pay that big of a tax bill at, um, at tax time next year, then you play with it a little bit. Okay, what happens if you convert $25,000 or $50,000? Are you able to pay the taxes on that conversion so that you can get $50,000 into the Roth IRA, for example? And if you do that consistently over time, you will be so amazed at the, the growth, right? So again, same growth strategy in the tr traditional IRA or Roth IRA, if you invest them the same way you're going to have an asset in that Roth IRA that allows you to take income anytime without changing your taxable income, no taxation at all on that Roth IRA, as long as you, you know, again, follow all the right Roth IRA rules. I, I really want to emphasize like how important it is to have these different buckets when you get to retirement age. And so that 
even if let's say you don't have the ability to or don't don't end up transferring all of your traditional IRA money into Roth, it means that when you do take money out of your traditional IRA, let's say you hit um, you know, you take a hundred thousand or a couple hundred thousand out of your traditional IRA and you don't want to pay any more taxes this year. You don't want to have any more taxable income. And then you have this Roth IRA that also has, you know, probably millions of dollars in it at this point, if you've been, you know, funding it for, you know, 20 or 30 years, you can then take money, you can supplement your income with non-taxable withdrawals. And it's awesome. So that that strategy, I just wanted to make that like really clear that this is something that I see fairly often, especially with people who, um, you know, who really took the message to heart to save early, um, you know, started careers at 21, 22, and really, you know, really did um, save a lot into their into their retirement um, as much as they could back then and allowed it to grow. And, you know, now you're, you know, you're 50, 55, and you see this beautiful nest egg that you've, that you've created, but it's all in, again, traditional IRA or traditional 401k assets. You know, I, I would highly, highly encourage you to look at what the tax implications of that are going to be when you reach your retirement age, um, or at least that, you know, RMD age when you're 73 years old and you are required, you're forced to start taking money out. Um, and then use the time you have now to maybe start planning about, you know, and, and figuring out what you want to do about that. The other case study, so I said this came up a couple of times, actually. The other case study uh, was with a younger client who's um, in his early 30s and has high income. And typically what the recommendation would be is, what are all the ways that we can reduce your taxable income, right? If you're making, you know, three, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, we want to reduce taxes, right? Well, to a point, yes, but if we have to choose between, this was the interesting piece. When we when we ran the numbers between, okay, what happens if we fully fund a traditional 401k? What if you're able to get, you know, um, we'll use a round number. Again, we won't do like max funding, but let's say, you know, you can contribute up to $50,000 into your traditional 401k between, you know, your self-employed, that's between your employee contributions and your employer match contributions and all the different ways we can get money in there. You can get $50,000 into your 401k as a self-employed person, or you can do $50,000 into a Roth 401k as a self-employed person. And we have these two choices. The difference, again, the difference between the traditional 401k and the tr and the Roth 401k over the span of 20 to 30 years it's multiple millions of dollars such a big difference um, over the lifetime of the account because of the taxation on the other side so even even though technically doing traditional um, 401k or traditional IRA contributions today would save tax dollars. Now, today, 
in the future, if you're in a higher tax bracket or if you've accumulated a lot of money, there is almost no comparison between the traditional and the Roth. And I am like, I I have known this. I've I've helped people with this for, you know, whatever it is now, 17 years um, with doing these, you know, different strategies and conversions and um, looking at, you know, what's the right type of account to use. But I, I just really loved these examples um, that happened recently just to show how powerful this strategy really can be. So that is what I wanted to go over today. Um, if you are looking at your options right now, um, so this is, you know, whether you're a business owner or an employee, um, you know, there, there are a lot of companies that are offering um, Roth 401k options. So you can contribute to your 401k as a Roth instead of um, traditional. If you are self-employed, you can create Roth 401ks or you can create solo Roth 401ks if you are a solo uh, entrepreneur. And there are just, there are a lot more options now that weren't always available um, and a lot of ways that we can make this really effective um, and optimize. That's the, that's the word that's kind of coming up. Like this is like optimizing your, your retirement tax strategy um, rather than just, you know, doing what works for now, what feels, what feels good right now in this moment is, you know, reducing taxes. Okay. That's great. But let's look at what the impact will be over 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Um, and as we, you know, kind of live longer, maybe it is 50 years, 60 years, right? I, here's my joke. I tell my husband all the time is that my birthday um, is August 16th, um, 1984. And I am going to live until August, at least my second golden birthday. So August 16th of 2100, the year 2100, I'll be 116 years old. So um, that's my goal. I want to live to be 116 and have a beautiful quality of life throughout that, right? And and um, so that's if I'm if I am, even if it's, you know, tongue in cheek, planning to live to 116, I need to know that the strategies that I am working on right now um, at age 39 are going to be smart for me over my lifetime, not just for 39 and 40-year-old Hannah. Um, so I would love to hear from anyone who has... Um, who has had questions about this, about the difference between Roth and traditional or anyone who has uh, wanted to um, explore this idea more. There are lots of other ways. I didn't, I did not give an exhaustive list of all the different ways that you can use a Roth. Um, there are some other really cool strategies um, as well, like backdoor Roth IRA contributions and non-deductible traditional IRA contributions that you can um, convert to Roth. There's lots of other ways to do this. I was just giving two really powerful case studies that I saw recently. Um, and there's plenty more that we can talk about. So I would love to hear from anyone who has more questions about this. I would love to talk about it more. And again, like I said, if you are intrigued 
by any of these strategies and wonder if any of them are right for you. Um, first, if you have a financial advisor that you enjoy working with, ask them. Ask them about their, you know, what they think about it and what they know. And if they can run some projections to see if there's, you know, what the difference would be in your case. Uh, and if you don't have a financial advisor that can do that for you, um, then yeah, uh, you can, you can message me. You can go to my website at X numeral two. So X two wealthplanning.com and you can schedule a, um, right on the website, you can schedule a get to know you call that's totally free. And we can talk about what's happening um, and get to know each other a little bit. Uh, and otherwise, yeah, there's, there are so many resources out there. You can go ahead and, you know, look things up online and find out for yourself as well. So again, look at this for yourself. Ask your financial advisor if this is right for you. Um, talk to your tax advisor, uh, see if they have any, any, um, notes, thoughts on it and let me know what you think. And until next time, I hope you have a wonderful, um, next week in January. Enjoy this, this beautiful beginning into the year. I hope it's starting off well, and we will talk to you next time. that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's x, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive. <laughs>